I forgot how we ever did this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We're back and better than ever. Woo! Come and put the kettle on and spill the tizzle. Welcome back to Spill, spill the, the tizzle. tizzle. Oh my god, how long has it been since we've done that? I can't even tell. I'm actually so excited to just be talking to a microphone. And it's season two. It's season two. And it's going to be even better than season one, if that's even possible. <laughs> I'm sure it is. We've grown since then. We can do this better. This we time. have, and it's 2021. God. We have lost a full year of our entire life. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm turning 24 again in July. That's, that's, I've decided I'm not turning 25 yet. 25 was going to be such a fun, like, birthday, it's quarter of a century. No. Yes. Is it? Quarter, it of is quarter of a century. My God, that makes us sound like so old. Uh, anyways, so we're back. <laughs> Firstly, I want to thank you guys. Well, we want to thank you guys for listening to season one of Spill the Tizzle. We really appreciate your support. Um, all your messages throughout the last couple months where we've been on a hiatus. Yeah, it's been so nice when people have been like, when's it coming back? I'm so excited. It's so sweet. Yeah. And now we're back. It was, I'm going to be honest, it was a lot. We had so much going on again. Yeah. Um, we just needed a little break. And now I feel so like rejuvenated. <laughs> and I have so much energy and I'm so excited to talk to everybody again. Oh, let's go. Let's get yes. ready for this. So the last time we spoke to everyone was just before Christmas. Oh yes, our special edition episode. Yes, and I feel like lots has happened since then. Oh my god. So that was the day when they announced the new lock... Was it the lockdown or was it the... No. We were told we couldn't leave London basically from yes. like midnight that night. And thank god we made it home to my house. Yes. Amazingly. So actually the plan was for me to go home to Geneva and spend Christmas with my parents. But... Didn't quite happen. It didn't quite happen. <laughs> which was... Oh, when I think about it, it actually turned out all really well yeah like i'm very happy with how it turned out but thankfully we got back to manchester where phoebe's family lives yeah thank god um, live stayed there for a while yeah. um but let me tell you guys that was the worst <laughs> one of the worst experiences of my entire life <laughs> throughout this entire covid period i've been on four flights that's insane no one has done that it is not something I recommend. <laughs> the stress. I swear I've aged like 20 years over the past year. Oh my god. But so we were at Phoebe's house uh, for Christmas and we spent Christmas there. It was yeah, really nice. Was but so lockdown was kind of. Was it lockdown or just. I can't stuck? remember because now I'm thinking it was lockdown straight after Christmas. No. Didn't they bring the lockdown in from that day and then you were allowed to see your family on Christmas Day right. and then they brought it straight back in on Boxing Day as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I booked a couple flights. And <laughs> a couple flights. <laughs> <laughs> and every single flight was cancelled. And I was stressing out. I can't even tell you. So I wanted to go home for Christmas. Obviously, that didn't happen. So yeah. I at least wanted to go home for New Year's Eve. Yes. And then... Did it, that happen? It did. Oh, it did. I can't remember. It all blows into one. <laughs> no, because that whole thing happened. I was playing piano. And then your mom was like, actually, can't she get a test? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So the whole thing was that you had to get a test before you did the flight, and we... And no, no, that wasn't even the issue, that I'm a Swiss citizen, I'm allowed to go yes. into the country, but the flights were cancelled. There was just physically no way for me to get to the country, right. and the only way to go to Switzerland was through Amsterdam. Yes, and, and that's what you needed the... At this point, you only yes. needed the test for Amsterdam because they had closed the borders. Yes. And we were just like nah, it's not possible, we can't do it. And then one day, literally, we were watching TV or you were playing piano or whatever, and my mum just went, oh, I think there's a testing site in, like, down the road. And we were like, thanks for telling me. Two weeks later, <laughs> and then you decided to 
stress. <laughs> God, the stress. But then we went straight away. Yes, straight away. I got tested. It was... I've, I've been tested three times now. Right. The first time was you doing it, sticking up my nose and... That was my step <laughs> It was so bad. Oh, God. And I was not... I was, like, not kind. I was like, give me that tonsil. <laughs> jabbing it in. It was. And then this one was a lot smoother. He told me exactly how to do it. Yeah. He's like, if you if you chunder a little bit, it's all right. I'll pretend I don't know you. <laughs> and I was like gagging in the corner there. Oh Anyways, gosh. moving on. So I <laughs> we went straight there. It was like 5 p.m., got home. And my, I booked a flight. And it was, I think, one, one of the remaining the only remaining flights. Yeah, because it had to be within 72 hours of yes. the test, didn't it? And then it was the night before, and I still hadn't received my test results, and I was freaking out. Honestly, like, I was shaking. Yeah. And then... To the rescue <laughs> was Twitter. It was! Twitter. It was! Oh, what was that guy? What was that guy's I name? I can't at all remember what his Twitter at was, but I must find so we can <laughs> shout him out. But basically, we were panicking, so I was doing all forms of research, like typing in, like, airport covid search on twitter anything and i found this random tweet from this one guy it didn't have any likes or any retweets or anything and he had said like if you go for a walk-in test remember to register your test online or you won't get the results and they didn't tell me this at the test site they just said you'll get a text and an email because i gave my details and i didn't get it i think he was called mark so we followed this link from mark's tweet and within a minute she got the results a minute Literally. literally Oh my god, that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was unacceptable. I couldn't, and the whole the whole point of this trip was to surprise my mom. Yeah, and I couldn't surprise her. And then, so I called her the day my flights were cancelled because my dad knew, my brother knew. Yeah. And then I called my mom. I was like, "Mom, I'm not coming home for Christmas." She's like, "You weren't anyways. We're gonna spend it with Fifi's family." <laughs> I wish she was quite salt, salty about this. Salty is that the thing? Salty. That's she the was thing. a bit salty. <laughs> And then um, my dad was freaking out. He's like, I don't know how to deal with this. Your mother knows now. I've told her. I'm like, okay. And then spoke to my mom. She's like trying to research, trying to find out everything. And I'm like, I'm coming home. I'm coming home on the 30th. I got my test results. And she like celebrated as well at home. So I got to Switzerland on... Even at that point, I didn't think it was going to happen. When we jumped off at the airport, me and my dad went to McDonald's breakfast. And and he was like, right, let's go home now. And I was like, no, we can't leave the vicinity of the airport yet. She's definitely not getting that flight. Well, let me tell you, when I was checking in, so you had to put in your details on KLM. And then it had to say whether you could board or not. And it said, I was not allowed to board. I was not allowed to cross. And then the check-in lady, she was like, this is ridiculous. She's a Swiss citizen. She's allowed. This is no. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. I need you. It's all coming back to me now. We thought you were going to be trapped in Amsterdam. But you were going to have to leave. I had a 10-hour layover in Amsterdam as well. Oh, it was just chaos. And I finally got home. Amazing. Thank God. Thank God. And then I stayed there for a while. And then... It It was was, all going swimmingly. It was going really well. It was going well until... (laughs) So I was talking to people at work and I'm not allowed to spend more than 25% of my working time outside of the UK because of tax and social security purposes. So I was like, right, I have to go back now. And my mom was like, must you? I'm like, yeah. So I booked a flight for the 22nd of February. And then I saw Matt Hancock's email. No, no, I saw Matt Hancock's article on bbc news saying that as of the following monday so that was like the 15th of february anybody coming into the country after the 14th of february valentine's day 
would have to have a, a COVID test to get into the country 72 hours prior to traveling to the UK, yeah. plus two more COVID tests on the second and eighth day of self-isolation that you would have to pay for. And I was like, I ain't got this money. No. So I have to rebook a flight. <laughs> so I was trying to go on BA on British Airways and try and book another flight. And there were no flights. And the next, the only flight was like 500 quid. So I was like, I can't afford this. <laughs> so I bought an easy jet flight. And then I went and I saw this on Thursday evening. Friday, Thursday evening, I booked a COVID test for Friday morning because I had to fly that Sunday. Oh my God. And then I was freaking out as well. And then I went into the COVID test site. It took like two hours to get through the whole thing. There were like 65 people in front of me. I was like in the middle of working Where as well. Where are all these people going? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And then I finally got home at like, it was 4.57. I got a text saying, Debbie, comma, your COVID test is negative. Please isolate for 24 more hours. And that was, was like, it. That was it. And I was like, this <laughs> is not enough for the airport. Like, I wouldn't accept <laughs> Please. this. Please. <laughs> Please. Um, so I was freaking out. And the hotline closes at 5 p.m. So right. Like, oh, to, like, get more of a certificate yes. or something. Yeah. So then I freaked out called my mom i was like mom please help me (laughs) my mom is to the rescue every single time (laughs) we at nine o'clock the next morning i woke up i was like we got a call and i was like mom please call like i can't do this this is too scary i'm like i need my mommy at this point (laughs) i can't do this i'm not adult enough and then we called and then they sent me the certificate and it was in french i was like i hope the uk government (laughs) accepts this so then on sunday i went on to i went to the airport and that was a whole other story. Oh this was the worst experience of my life. Dear Lord. Okay, that, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. But, so but it felt like it at the time. It literally did. So I got there. There were like 200 people in the queue for baggage drop-off. Yeah. And then there were people for, to Gatwick. That's where I was flying to. There were two flights to Gatwick. And there was a flight to Nice. And everybody had the same idea as me that they had to leave to get into the UK before the 15th. Yeah, yeah. And then I was in the queue, and then all of a sudden, this woman at the check-in, she's like, anybody to Gatwick, 2 p.m., um, it's closing. I'm like, oh, crap. And I'm like, I'm at 2.10. And then everybody around me was like 2.10 as well. So I was like chilling. I was looking at my phone, and then I look up, and it's quite calm. And I was like, oh, dear. Where is everyone? <laughs> yeah, literally. And then I turned to the side. I was like, are you going to Gatwick? And they're like, no, I'm going to Nice. I'm like, okay. So I run to the front. I'm like, hi, I'm going to Gatwick, 2 p.m., uh, 2.10. And she's like, 2 p.m.? I'm like, no, 2.10. She's like, Gatwick? Yes, Gatwick, 2.10. And then this guy in the queue was like, he yelled at me, like, in my face, like, clapped it sounds like, Gatwick, go. And I was like, I was close to tears. My mom and my brother weren't in the queue with me. They were just standing, looking at me and just like, in utter, utter horror. So I go to the front, I show her my test result, and she like, it took forever for her to see, because it didn't say negative, it said non-detected. Oh, so oh. in French, like non detected. So right. I was like, oh crap. <laughs> so finally I got through. She gave me my boarding ticket. She said gate D95. But she did she? She did. <laughs> I swear to you, she did. So then I get through security. I'm like, bye bye to like my brother and my mom. Yeah. Run through. At this point, it's like last call. <laughs> so I'm freaking out. My heart's pounding. I'm sweating. No. I have a massive bag on. Like Airports my are always sweaty. They are. <laughs> They're one of the main sweating things apart from a shopping centre. That's also very sweaty. <laughs> oh, I just, I'm, I'm not a sweaty person, but I... Sweating buckets. <laughs> so I, w- I ran to gate D95. I get to D95. There's no, no gate. <laughs> there's no gate D95. 
There was nobody there. There was a oh restaurant God. at the top, like a little cafe thing. I go up, I'm like, um, excuse me, where's D95? He's like, uh, D95 doesn't exist. I'm like, oh please don't tell me that. My heart started pounding. I swear I was going to have a panic attack. Oh my God. And then I was like, shit. So then <laughs> I run to gate C95, which is on the other side of the airport. And there was like, um, it's not an escalator, but those moving. Yes, like a walk, a walk up. A walkalator? <laughs> yeah. Is that it? I think it could be. A walkalator? No. A walkalator. It's something like that. I have no idea. Anyway, it's that thing. Yes. And then in the middle of it, I just stopped. I was like, Debbie, breathe. You're going to have a heart <laughs> yeah. attack. Come on. It was like, in, in that moment, I was thinking, if I was in a situation where, I, you know, fight or flight. Yes. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know. If somebody, like, collapsed in front of me, would I be in shock? Or would I be able to help them? Yes. And this is in the situation. I was like, Debbie, get a grip. You're going to make it. But all these things were crossing my mind because if I missed this flight, I'd have to pay 200 quid for the tests when I get to the UK. Yeah. I'd have to get another COVID test, yeah. buy another certificate thing, go through this whole ordeal again. I just couldn't. So then I started running, running. <laughs> and I finally made it to like passport control. And the passport guy was like, run, run, run. <laughs> so I was running and he's like, oh, it's fine. They're not even boarding. I was like, are we serious? Oh my god. What makes it even more funny is that I assume all this happened in French. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Why is that funny? I feel like it just would be hilarious. <laughs> it was the worst. Oh, oh I, I age. And at this point, you texted me being like, Debbie, are you alive? Have you made it? I'm like, no. <laughs> I was oh shaking. God. I was like, "I'll text you later when I'm when I've stopped dying." And God then, gosh. and then, and then I got onto the flight. When we got to the UK, I boarded off, and I was like, "Shit!" I left my AirPod case in my seat, so oh I had to run gosh. back. It was awful. And then, because of Brexit now, and because of the whole, you have to show your test results. There were about three hundred people in the queue, and everybody was two meters distance. So I swear, I was like back in the airplane <laughs> at that point. <laughs> And then my friend was picking me up because um, there was, I don't know, it was Gatwick. It's so far away. Yeah. He's, such, he's honestly so amazing for picking me up. And I couldn't find him for ages. He's like, I'm at the hotel. I'm like, where the hell is the hotel? <laughs> All the doors are closed. It was deserted at the airport. Oh, my God. And then I got home. And then home. Here in this flat, you weren't here. I was home alone. I, was, I had a massive suitcase I had to carry upstairs. And there was no food in the house. Oh my god. And you couldn't go anywhere. And I couldn't go anywhere because I was self-isolating. Dear lord. This was because I hadn't paid attention. So you had messaged saying, I'm now changing to the Monday flight. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go back on the Sunday. It's chill. And then like on the... No, and then on the Friday, you I texted him, like, like, the test results. I'm t getting my COVID test. Yes, and I was like, this is way far in advance of your flight. And you were like, I'm coming home this weekend. And I was like, well, <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> and then, oh, I was literally eating tins of corn for oh lunch. God. This is so dramatic, I can't believe. Meanwhile, I was just at home, just lounging about. <laughs> Eating all the food in the world, chilling with my dogs. Uh, oh, I'm so, I'm just, I'm not traveling ever again in COVID era. No, thank you. No, it doesn't seem worth it. There's no point. Absolutely not. I mean, it was the best time to be at home. Yeah. Of and course. to see my cat. And she honestly loves me so much now. <laughs> she would wake me up at about three or four o'clock in the morning just by like nibbling at my hair so that oh, I would get up and like God. meowing in my ear what the hell? to go to her food place just point at her food, and then I could go back to bed and she would just eat. She just needed me to walk her to her food at 4 o'clock in the morning. 
She's such a diva. Oh my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> what that was deal? my story. I can't believe. I can't believe. I can't believe. I don't have anything as dramatic while I was at home. Well, you do have something dramatic that has been happening to you over the past three weeks. Ah, uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> so, this all started one time <laughs> when we had an Indian takeaway. And I have never, ever in my life been allergic to Indian takeaways or anything like that. I've always been chilling. It's been fine. And I swear to God, I had a mouthful of chicken tikka masala and I erupted in like hives and like rash allergic reaction. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, and did you actually die. realize that it was with the Indian food? Or are you just saying that now because you've connected two and two? It happened the night of the Indian food. And then it's happened again since I've had Indian food. But it has also happened at other times when I've just been having normal food. So maybe it's a certain spice. I- um, honestly, I'm no clearer on what it is <laughs> at all. But basically, to, to the end of the drama, I went to the doctor's. No, um, you need to say before that what happened with your finger. Oh, <laughs> right. So, that yes, that was the turning point where I was like, I have to go to the doctor's. Because I know that this is not the right thing to do, but like it was just a chill rash. And I was just like, it'll go away. It'll be fine. I don't need to see anyone. And then... It was the day we'd come back here. And again, we'd eat an Indian takeaway. Yeah. And I was lying in bed and my finger started to like throb. You know, you can feel the heartbeat in your finger. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. And I looked down and the ring that I have been wearing since I was 18. Oh my God, my finger was practically purple. The ring was so small on the end of my chubby finger. <laughs> and I was, I was like yanking it, yanking it, wouldn't come off. Well, you came into my room. Yeah. <laughs> but I was basically crying. I was shaking. You were. And I, like, I sat down next to you. I was like, we need to get some, like, maybe an allergy pill, Claritin. Yeah. And I was like, don't worry. Your finger's not going to fall off. I was imagining that I was going to go to sleep, wake up. And when I lifted my hand up from the bed, my finger would remain on the bed. <laughs> and it would just be the ring on my, the end of my stub. I... <laughs> And that would be it. And I was going to have to get a bionic finger. It was, I was petrified. Because I co- I'm telling you, I couldn't get the ring off. We had soaked my finger in oil. I'd got all the soap in the world on my finger. And it was not budging. And my finger had swollen. To, it was like, you know in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? When he blows on his hand. Yes. And she, she's doing something with her hand. Like she's doing a movement. And then suddenly her whole finger's like... That was what it looked like. It did. Like, it did. I'm not joking. I it was, was so I bad. was scared. I was trying to keep calm. You did really well to keep me calm. <laughs> we had to put on National Treasure to try and calm me down. And it's one of my favourite films ever. And I couldn't even focus on Nicolas Cage because <laughs> I was so concerned my finger was falling off. <sighs> it's really hard to revisit. I just can't really talk about it. <laughs> but then, so I went to sleep with my hand in a nice pack. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning and I was like, right, it's going to have gone down completely. Pulled it out from under the pillow in the ice pack. Nope. I was up until 2 a.m. like researching, being like, oh my god, what? I'm gonna like go into her room just to check her finger. That's still on. Oh my god. Because the thing was, it said online that a jeweler could cut off your ring, and I was thinking, well, no fucking jewelers are open because it's locked down. (laughs) So then I was trying to focus on my work calls. Like in the morning, I was like, yeah, morning, hi, hi. (laughs) Just thinking about my fucking finger. And then I can't remember what had happened, but I got a sudden rush of like adrenaline. pulled the ring quite high up the bottom part of my finger so I like legged it to put the fairy liquid all over and then it came off and oh my god I can't tell you the relief I can't tell you I could have cried of happiness then <laughs> I was so so concerned I was in the middle of a call I think it was with one of my with a manager and then I got a text with her finger just like <laughs> swollen she's like the ring is off thanks so much for your support <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, this dramatic ordeal led me to needing to get a doctor's appointment. I was like, okay, it's quite serious. My life is swelling up and I'm going to die. So I went to the doctors and um, they've, we still haven't had any blood test results back for what I'm allergic to, but they have given me an EpiPen. That is scary. I'm quite scared because I feel like people don't have EpiPens. I, it's when it's really bad and yeah. who knows what this is and he was like if your like throat starts to close up like you need to use this heavy pen and i was like oh my goodness like I'm, not, I'm actually laughing about it but now talking about it i'm like oh good god <laughs> oh, yeah no you're not gonna need it ever just just think happy thoughts. at least i've got it so that yes. if anything does happen yes but yes. grace anatomy has taught me how to use the epi pen exactly. so i got so you. we're good to go but that, yes that's been my drama of the week Honestly, we've aged like 20 years in the last year, in the last month. And we've been here for literally a day and all this has happened and I've basically had about 10,000 breakdowns. (laughs) But other than that, other than that, everything's wonderful. Quarantine finished today for me. Um, Yes. I went out for my first run in about six months. Um, It killed me. Did you feel good though while you were doing it? No. Yes. No. Oh, yes. So Good. I started taking protein shakes and uh, yes. I feel like, I don't know if it's a placebo thing or if it's actually true, but I've been getting like rushes of energy. Yeah. So I mean, um, either way, even if it's placebo, it's like, it's I, great. yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy. Um, I walked, uh, no, I didn't walk actually. I ran the entire time. I walked around this corner here. I just couldn't like, I was about to pass out, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'm so happy. And we're at work. We're doing a, a Strava march challenge oh yes to have to do 120 kilometers throughout the entire month is that a lot see i don't know kilometers at all it's it's 70 miles or 75 miles oh that's quite a long way it's 5,000 steps per day on average right so if you just over the course of a month yes it's possible and if somebody does like a 5k that's like a whole week's worth right maybe not whole weeks i have no idea of the maths let's just say (laughs) (laughs) anyways (laughs) I feel like I might I may join in on this maybe. A I don't believe bit. you. I'll definitely come for walks. Yes. I'll do my five thousand steps every day. I, c- I might try a run once and then probably never again. But we'll see. All right. I got a Fitbit just to get me motivated. Oh, yes. I've been wanting a Fitbit for like my entire life, and today, <laughs> well, the other day, I treated myself. So this Strava challenge that we're doing, it's kind of because so we did an engagement survey at work, yeah. and the lowest score was our wellness and. Our mm. health and well-being. Yeah. Wellness? Is that a word? I think Our so. well-being. Yes. Um, so we're encouraging like, people to like run and stuff because we're literally just sitting inside all the time. And the run today honestly made me feel well. But how do you feel like being back here? Because we're kind of stuck in the flat because we're still in lockdown. I yeah. mean, even though Bojo told us about... We have a roadmap. God to knows what's going to actually happen. I don't know. It's weird because obviously it was so nice to be at home because we had more space and like the garden and stuff. But then I was getting sick of my parents towards the end. They were definitely getting sick of me too, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, and it's nice to be here with you and stuff. But then I'm also like, we're in three rooms. Yeah. Constantly. And like, we go out for a walk. But we, we were reflecting, well, you were reflecting this today when... A year ago, no, it's almost two years, no, a year and a half ago now, when you first moved to London yeah. and you lived in my small room for a month and we didn't even have a lounge, we had a I'm small sorry. kitchen and there were 11 people living in that house and we still didn't kill each other. I don't know how we've done that because there have been times, not that I want to kill you, but like there have been times <laughs> where I'm like, I need to be on my own now. Yeah. Like, because we're in 
me and, we're together 24 hours a day. <laughs> we sit at the kitchen table and work together. We watch some TV. Then we go to our beds. I'm like, I love it. I love you. You're great. <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, I just need to be on my own. <laughs> and we lived in a singular room. Singular room. Yeah. And all we would do was leave was to get small, food. It wasn't the biggest room either. It wasn't. And I don't think, I think even sometimes we didn't eat in the kitchen. We ate in the bedroom as well. And we slept in the set. God, I don't know how we did that. <laughs> A whole month. But it was never a struggle. I don't no. remember once thinking, oh my God, I want to strangle this girl. <laughs> never. I think I was I was quite social back then with work peeps. So yeah. I think and I only we, came back late. Because we were leaving in the day, yeah. it was fine to come back and spend time together. I yeah. think if we'd actually been working, living, eating... Then we'd have then definitely killed each other. Definitely. Oh my God, but yeah. we have a good routine here. So like, you get up at 8... You're in here, you do your stuff, 9 o'clock, 9.30, I'm in here. Yeah. Um, and then we do our work, we cook dinner, we do a workout. But by 7.30 or 8 p.m., we're in, we're in our own We go rooms. and do our own thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think nice. that's a good, totally. because we need our own space. Absolutely. And then, like, some nights of the week we'll watch a film and stay up later together. But it's nice to have, like, be together and also be apart. And it's but to be fair, like... I think our bedtime has now drastically dropped to like 10 p.m. Like, like <laughs> it's definitely come with me being at home. My parents go to bed at literally like 8.45. So <laughs> I would try and stay downstairs, but sometimes just like I'm bored now. Oh so I would just God. go to bed. If I, right, let me just a little snippet here of how my family lives in <laughs> Switzerland. So work here in the UK starts at like nine o'clock, yeah. right? Which is an hour behind in the the in geneva yeah so i would wake up at like 9 30 and start at 10 mm-hmm. because it's nine o'clock here mm-hmm. and then my mom and i and my dad would have breakfast at 10 30 sometimes 11 oh which means we would have lunch at like four and then we'd have dinner at like 11 p.m what and then go to sleep at one and yeah. then that's the routine see <laughs> we're on to opposites <laughs> no my parents would get up at half six <laughs> We'd have, they'd wake me up in the process because my dad cannot be quiet at all. We'd have lunch at literally bang on 12. We'd have dinner at literally bang on 5 p.m. And then we'd be like, all right, bedtime now at 8. Literally, that was exactly how it went. <laughs> it was 11 a.m., 4 p.m., 11 p.m. Oh, my God. 2 a.m. By 2 a.m., I'm already eight hours deep in midnight sleep. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Here, I'm in bed at like 10.30. I'm dozing off. Yeah. Although, I've been trying really hard. I've only got a couple more days left. Well, by the time this podcast is out, it's going to be over. But I've been trying to do two books a month. Ah, uh, yes. And I've done well so far. Actually, January I only read... I actually did read two books. Wonderful. I did The Alchemist, but in French. Oh. And a Danielle Steele book, just because I Classic. needed to finish something. And then this month, I've read Pride and Prejudice yes. and... Another Daniel Steele book. <laughs> I'm obsessed. But yeah, so... I'm still that's reading con- the same book from November. What was it? Jacqueline Wilson? Yeah, see, so I really <laughs> wanted... So ja- everyone knows who Jacqueline Wilson is, the Tracy Beaker author. And we all loved her when we were younger. And she released a new book about um, a teenage lesbian couple. That's totally like of the moment. We didn't have that when I was younger. There was no exposure to that at all. Um, and I really wanted to read it from her point of view because I loved reading her books when she was younger. And she's also come out as um, gay. Since. Has she? So she, I mean, she, she obviously was gay when I was younger too. I but didn't, we didn't she, she never said it publicly. Um, and she's, she has come out as gay over the past however many years. So I wanted to read it just because it would be nice. 
But it's really taking its toll. And Is not, it because it's like a, a ch- young adult Yeah, kind of book? it's nothing to do with the subject. It's just because it's obviously written for 10-year-olds. So I'm just <laughs> finding it a bit difficult to get through. But it's very good. And I feel like it's if you're struggling with your sexuality when you're younger and stuff like that, it would be a really great thing to read when you were 10 or 11 and yeah. you feel a bit more seen and a bit more comfortable with yourself. So totally, I think it's really great. You and I'll have, get to the end. You have three more days. I can't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll get there. I will. I will. But it just might take a bit longer. So we're coming to the end of the first ep of season two, which is oh so God. exciting. And you won't have to wait too long for the next one because it's going to be in a week. But we're going to bring in um, a new little tradition at the end of the podcast and leave you with a food for thought for the week. So something that we'll chat about next time is that I have been invited to go for my first smear test. And this is something that happens for all women at 25? At 25, I think. I mean, I'm not 25 yet, quite. But um, I think they're... Imp- I find that very weird. Not weird, but like in Switzerland, for instance, a smear test, we would get at like 18. Yeah. Like as soon as I you... Know. I feel like you should have it earlier because... So for anyone that isn't aware, a smear test is kind of a test for cervical cancer or um, problems down below. Um, and yeah, I feel like you should get it at 18 because if you have any problems, 25 is quite late to be finding them. Um, But I think it's sometimes quite a taboo topic and people don't like to talk about it and people are very scared of going for it. I must admit, I'm quite nervous. I heard something on the news yesterday that people are sending at-home smear tests because people are getting worried or kind of scared to go to do it themselves at the doctor's. So maybe that's like an initiative, but... I'm a bit nervous, but I'm obviously going to go. It's all booked in. And this time next week when we talk, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Not all, all about the gruesome it. details. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so if you've been invited for your smear test, this is the food for thought this week. Go. Book it. Go. Get it done. Great. Hope you all have a wonderful week. And it is so nice to be back. Bye, Tizzlers. Bye. Bye.